right, so I'm going to be talking about signs of the times. I'm going to be talking about controversial things. I'm going to be talking about what's going on in the world. I want to talk about what's going on in the world, what God is saying, and what we're called to do, okay? And I'm going to start with Israel. It all started with Israel. This is going to just have the foundation for the next two weeks, okay? So, um, you know, forewarned is to be forearmed. Joseph Z says that. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. And knowledge is peace. We're called to be in the know. We're God's people. He tells us the secrets. He tells us the mysteries. And we prepare the world for what he's doing. Um, so this week I'm going to focus on Israel and what's to come. But I want to walk a little bit of the history of Israel. And then I'll go to current events and future events. We're going to talk about what's to come and what's the next thing to expect. And the Bible tells us. The Bible told us years and years ago the prophets proclaim what's to come. So if we read our Bible, we know what to expect and what God's plan is. I don't care what the enemy's doing. God's plan always wins. He actually already won. <laughs> and so that's how we're going to approach this. Um, 30% of the Bible is prophetic. It's prophetic words. 30%. That's a big chunk, right? Out of that 30%, most of it is on end times and Jesus coming back. Jesus coming back for a bride. He's just preparing mansions for us. And he is trying to use us to bring as many people in, but he is longing to come back for his bride. Yes, he lives in us, but we are going to be living face to face with Jesus Christ, Father God, and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, um, when we talk about end times and these things, there's extremes, right? There's the extreme of, I don't know anything, I don't care, doesn't matter, and we put our head in the sand. But then there's the other extreme, and if anybody's lived through the 80s and 90s, <laughs> this is the day, this is the hour the Lord's coming back, and that day and hour pass. And then, okay, this is the day, and this is the hour. And then we're kind of like, ah, I don't want anything to do with it, it doesn't matter. But I'm telling you, it matters. God has called us to be sober and alert, and it matters. And we need to know. He wants us to know because that gives us assurance and gives us peace. You know, when something's going on, do you like to be in the know about it? Everybody knows something. You don't know what's going on. We are called, we are God's elite. We're his children, and he wants us to know. So today I'm going to talk about why is Israel so significant? You know, Israel was the physical place for when Jesus came the first time. It's all about Israel. And when Jesus comes back, Zechariah 14, guess where Jesus is coming back? Israel. That is going to be the headquarters of the rule and reign of Jesus Christ on earth. Israel is so very important because of the prophetic words. So the first thing I want to tell you about Israel Israel is the only nation established by God. Amen. It's not the only nation blessed by God. But Israel is the only nation established by God. If you have your Bible, go with me to Genesis. We're going to read a lot of scripture. Genesis 12. Starting with verse 1, Genesis 12, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord told Abram, Leave your country, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to a land I'll show you. You know, this nation started with one man and God. 
which is majority. <laughs> it's the biggest nation in the world. With God, it's majority. And it says, and I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. I will make you bless others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Now listen to this. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Blessing comes through Abraham because God chose one man to start one nation to reveal who he was for the whole world. You know, Israel um, rebirthed twice. This is crazy. No nation has disappeared and ever come back, ever. But God prophesied this was going to happen. Israel fell away from the Lord. The Babylonians came in. Remember, they lost. And what happened? God called King Cyrus, who was not a believer, to come and build a temple. It says that God stirred his heart to bring his people back, to set Jerusalem back up and God's people. Why? Because Jesus was coming on scene. Our Savior was coming, and he was coming to Israel and coming for his people. And so this was all setting up. So it was rebirth. But guess what? What happened? It disappeared again. And God said, don't worry. The Bible prophesied for a second time, I will gather my people again. And that happened on May 14th, 1948, which was a miracle. Roosevelt was actually president at that time. And he was like, nope, I'm not acknowledging him. I'm not acknowledging him. President Roosevelt died suddenly of a stroke, and Truman stood up and said, I recognize it. Almost all of the United Nations says, no, we're not. But Truman stood and recognized it, and then the world came. And that's when Israel became a nation again, twice. And Isaiah 66 says that Israel will be gathered again as a nation in one day. It happened in one day. Geographically and physically, the, the Jews after World War, after the Holocaust, relocated back in Israel in one day, just as Isaac, Isaac, um, Isaiah prophesied. Everything that's happening with Israel has already been foretold. God's eyes are on Israel because he gave his word. So that leads me to the second one. God made an everlasting covenant with Israel. You think our God would go back on his word? God's word is true. And not only will God not go back on his word to Israel, God will never go back on his word to you and I. Those things that God has promised us, he is faithful and he will fulfill it. And it's the same with Israel. So go with me to Genesis 17. Verse 7. Genesis 17, verse 7, it continues on with Abraham. And he said, I will continue this everlasting covenant between us. Generation after generation, it will continue between me and your offspring forever. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants. Yes, I will give you all this land of Canaan to you and to your offspring forever. Doesn't matter how many times God, the enemy tries to wipe out the Jews or Israel, God promised forever, and he will rule and reign. You know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and it's going to ascend on Israel. And the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ, and if you don't know what that is, I'm going to get into that, will be in Jerusalem, and we are going to be with him. Amen. It's so powerful. 
So forever I will give this and I will be your God. Over and over, forever I will be your God. It's an everlasting covenant. And then um, 2 Chronicles, go over to 2 Chronicles. This is important that you read this and that you see this and you know this. This is setting a foundation for the next couple of weeks. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. This is when King Solomon built the temple. You know, this temple is a, an exact replica. Sorry, I'm in First Chronicles. Of the temple in heaven. Exact replica of the temple in heaven. Chapter 7. And I, I'm just going to read. Um, it goes through 12 through 16, but I'm just going to read 16. Um, this is what he said to, I, um, to Solomon. I will listen to every prayer made in this place, for I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be my home forever. Now listen to this. My eyes and my heart will always be there. You know, I have never met one person that's gone to Israel and has not changed their life because they feel God's presence. My mom said the first time that they went, um, she got off the plane and she saw, she's never seen a vision like this before. She saw Jesus up with his arms like this. And he said, welcome to my home. She said it just changed her life. And my dad baptized my mom in the Jordan River. And it's just so powerful to walk where Jesus has walked. And, but I have never met anybody that's been to Israel that does not long to go back. It's pretty addicting because you feel the presence of God. We all carry the presence of God. But there's a manifest presence of God because he made an everlasting covenant. My heart and my eyes will always be there. This is my home forever. He loves Israel. He's called Israel. Um, you know, obviously, we know this, that nobody can be saved except for receiving Jesus Christ. The only way to be saved is acknowledging Jesus Christ and he becoming your savior. And we need to be praying that God's people gets that revelation. Many are, but many don't. But that doesn't negate the promises that God has. God says, I have a plan for them, and it's great. So go with me to Romans 11. A lot of people are teaching that we have replaced the Jews. We have not replaced the Jews. Hold on one second. Romans 11. I want to read this whole chapter, but I'm not going to because I don't have time. So this is your homework assignment. Go home and read this. So Paul is talking because now the Gentiles are getting saved, right? And so the Jewish people and the Gentiles are thinking they're better than the Jewish people. Oh, we're better than you because we, we have received the good news and you're not saved. And so they're gloating and telling the Jews you're nothing. And Paul says, um... I ask then, has God rejected his people of the Jews? Of course not. This is verse 1, exclamation mark. Remember, I myself am a Jew, a descendant of Abraham, and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you remember what scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed all of your prophets and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left, and now they're going to kill me. And do you remember God's reply? This is verse 4. He said, you are not the only one left. I have 7,000 others that have never bowed bow down to Baal. It is the same today. 
For not all the Jews have turned away from God. A few are being saved as a result of God's kindness of choosing them. And if they are saved by God's kindness, is this not, it's not their good works. Okay, then it goes on and talks about how God is allowing this stubbornness of the Jews of not receiving the Messiah to allow us to come in. And we're grafted in by the mercy of God. And what we're called to do is provoke the Jews to jealousy. And, and they say, wait a minute, that's my God. Wait a minute, he was my God first, and I want what you have. That's what we're called to do. And then it goes on to say, now if the Gentiles were enriched, because the, the Jews turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater blessing the world will share when the Jews finally accept it. If we're blessed out of their rebellion and rejection, imagine the blessing when God's promises are fulfilled over the Jews. That doesn't mean we get the leftovers. It's saying, imagine the blessing that comes when God's whole family is together. It's going to be good. And that's what we need to believe for. And then it goes on and on and on. And then listen to this. Many of the Jews are now enemies of the good news. Not of God, but of Jesus Christ. They do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But this is for your benefit. And God gives gifts to you Gentiles. Yet, the Jews are still his chosen people because of his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts and his calls will never be withdrawn. God is not a liar. He says what he means, and he means what he says, and he will fully fulfill it. The church did not replace Israel. We are to remind Israel of the covenant that God made with them. Three. Israel has blessed all the nations of the world. In Genesis 12, 3, which I read, he said, Abraham, I'm going to cause you and Israel to bless the entire world. It actually says every family in the world will be, just, will be blessed by Israel. Now, there's so many, but let me just tell you three. Israel has given us the most important man on earth, Jesus Christ. He was a Jew from the Jewish people. He's given us they have given us the most important book in the entire world, heaven and earth, the word of God. 100% Jewish book, 100% written by Jews. The third thing, which Nick talked about last week, last week was Pentecost Sunday that Nick taught. And they gave us the most powerful, important institution, the church, was birthed out of a Jewish revival, the Pentecost. We are so thankful for the Jews and that God called the Jews. God called nothing to be something. There was nothing there. And he said, you wait. Abraham, your descendants will be greater than the stars in the sky. Who sang that song when they were a kid? Father Abraham, the many sons, right? As a kid, you don't know what that means, right? Abraham's my father. I'm so confused. Daddy, what does that mean? We're a part of a family. And God chose the Jews. And through Israel, we will all be um, blessed. Israel is not just a people, it's a land. God's very specific about land. He loves land. He loves boundaries. God creates that. He's divided. He has created the boundary lines of nations because different nations carry different things. He hasn't called us to all be one nation because this is setting us up for the end times. Boundary lines are important. Okay, number four, and I'm going to stay here just a little bit. 
Israel. So why are we talking about Israel? Well, one, because we need to have a heart for Israel. But this is where I want to land. Stay for a little bit. Israel is God's super sign for the end times. If we are clueless about Israel, we will be clueless about what God is doing next. The focus will be on Israel. Every prophetic word about Jesus coming back is about the Jewish people. And so our heart and our eyes need to be there to see what God is doing. So us and our families will be ready. I'm going to be talking more over the next few weeks, but everything regarding end times is around Israel because of God's everlasting covenant to Abraham. And when we get born again, we are in that everlasting covenant. We've been grafted in. Everything promised to Abraham is ours. We are God's people. We've been grafted in. It's a great adoption. Our father is Jewish. Jesus is Jewish. He's a Jewish man. He's still Jewish in heaven. Because of that, the enemy hates the Jews. He hates the Jews, he hates Israel, and he hates God's people because we remind him of what he doesn't have. You know, the enemy knows the word pretty well. He has had millions of years, thousands of years to study it, okay? He knows that he loses. He knows that. But he's going to take as many of us down as he can. He's going to try to deceive as many as he can. And Paul says the greatest falling away will be right before Jesus comes back. The greatest falling away. Because the enemy's getting antsy. He has tried to take out the Jews so many times. If you've just read history about the Holocaust, that it, I, I can't even believe that has happened, the Holocaust. And that's only a small glimpse of the hatred that the enemy has towards the Jews, towards Israel, and God's people. Because we represent God. The Jews represent the covenant of God. So he will do anything he can to cut off that covenant and the promises because he's scared and he's defeated. So if he's going to go down, he wants to take us down. Anti-Semitism is um, prevalent and it's growing. Now I want to tell you something. I'm going to talk about this later. But the Battle of Armageddon, if you don't know about that, there's going to be a Battle of Armageddon. It is the whole world coming against Israel. Talk about anti-Semitism. The whole world. The Bible talks about this. And God and his army and his holy ones, that's us, are coming down to fight. And I don't have to tell you who wins. You know who wins, right? (laughs) The world is so arrogant that they think they can come against God and his word. God plus one is majority. God alone is majority. He just calls us in because he lets us share in his glory. He doesn't even need us, but he loves us so much and lets us be victorious. The whole world will come against the Jews. There's another battle before that, the Gog and Magog War, and I'll talk about that. That's six different countries coming against the Jews. That hasn't happened yet, but, but things are stirring right now. If you're listening to the news, things are stirring in Israel. And when the world is like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, oh, Jesus is coming back so soon. I mean, it really is because I know the word, right? If we're forewarned, we're forearmed. So as things get bad, I'm like, in Matthew 24, it says, when these things happen, look up because your redemption is near. 
I was thinking about this, Lord. There's a lot of people that are not saved yet. I've been preaching, and, and this is what the Lord told me. Kara, you keep planting seeds because even if the harvest doesn't come before the rapture, there's in the tribulation, there'll be time. Those people you've been witnessing to might be the key players in the biggest revival during the tribulation. God still wins. There's going to be so many people radically saved like, oh, I wish I listened. But it's going to stir up a zealousness for the Lord. And God is sending two witnesses to preach every day. I think Elisha and Enoch, but I don't know. We'll get into that. There's been preaching with signs and wonders and miracles. And every time somebody tries to kill them, the same way they try to kill them, it will go on them. They cannot touch them. And then 144 Jews will be this powerful um, apostle um, anointing on the earth. Even though the church is gone, the Holy Spirit will be here. and It will be a great revival. But I'm believing for a great revival before that. Right? Because God doesn't want anybody to perish. But things are getting distinctive. The dark is getting darker, but man, is God really raising up a powerful church. He's calling us up. There's that holy injustice that's rising up, and we're saying, that is wrong. That is wrong, and we're going to stand for righteousness. America is Israel's number one ally. I believe that's why America is so blessed, because we love God and we love God's people. Because God told Abraham, those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. You know, when we reject God and his people, we invite the enemy to come in. When a nation rejects God and his people, it invites the enemy to come in. And curse comes upon the land. I'm so blessed. We are so blessed to be in a country, a nation that rallies around Israel. And I pray to God that never, watch, that never changes. I watch the presidents to see what they're going to do. They're key players. Truman was a key player. If you look at the history of presidents, they're key players with Israel and what they do. That's why we've got to pray for the authorities. We have to stop talking bad about our authorities and pray for them. When we talk bad, it's because we're in fear. We think they have more power than God. We have got to pray that the authorities, that the government of our nation will be for God and have a heart for God, that their value system would line up to God's. But before that, we have to make sure our value system is lined up to God. I can't tell you how many believers have a different value system than God Almighty. And it's time to reset. What's important to God has to be important to us. It has to be. Jesus is coming back really soon. And I know, I know we hear that all the time. But I'm telling you, there's never been more signs that line up since May 14th, 1948, when Israel became a nation. That started the clock of end times. Why? Because God had to have Israel there. Jesus can't come back until Israel's there. They're going to rebuild the temple. Right now, they're in the process of rebuilding the temple. Did you know that? There are so many things happening in Israel right now. A lot of stirrings. Um, Last year, during the pandemic, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, I want you to um, listen 
to Jesse Duplantis and start sowing into his ministry. When you sow in financially, you actually receive more revelation. It's just God's system, just how you do that. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know, I love Jesse. I, I don't really follow him a lot, but I love Jesse. So there was something that God wanted me to receive from Jesse. So I've been really diligent and keeping up on what he's talking about. And um, Ben and I, just even during this time, Jesse has a series. Is it Mary Hart, babe? Mary Hart. And we just laugh and laugh. I mean, he's so funny. Um, but it was two Friday nights ago, and my mom... Um, my mom's been so great through all this. And she said, Karen, let me take the kids and you rest. I'm like, thank you, Mama. <laughs> this has been a lot. And she took the kids, and Ben and I um, turned on the TV, and it was Jesse Duplantis Live. And Jesse Duplantis had a visitation into heaven. I don't know if anybody's heard about that. It was actually in 1998. And um, he was taken up to heaven. But on Friday night, it was live, and Jesse said, the Lord has released me to share more of this that I've never, ever shared. And he said, Jesus says, and you know, Jesse's super goofy. He was actually really serious that night, eyes watering. You could tell the Holy Spirit was all over him. He was giving amazing prophetic words. But you could tell Jesse was like that tender father God, like he came like that that night. And he said, um, Jesus said, please tell my people, I'm coming sooner than they think. I'm coming sooner than they think. I've heard that over and over from multiple people the last year. Jesus is coming sooner than we think. We don't know the day or the hour, but God says that we should know the season. Yes. And this season is looking really suspicious. <laughs> I mean, really. And I'll go into more what's going on, but I just want to tell you, Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. And I know, like, you know, people used to say that in the 80s and 90s, and I'm like, no, I want to get married. I want to have kids. Don't come back. <laughs> but when you see Jesus, you will forget all of that. I promise you, there's nothing better than being with Jesus. Um, okay, so Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. It's true. He's coming back really soon, and we need to get excited. And not like we have that desperate, um, like we, we're powerless and everything's so bad and come rescue us. It's not like that. It's like I'm in love. I've been waiting for this wedding, and I want to see my groom, that kind of thing. I love what Bill Johnson said. He said, sometimes we have more faith in the rapture than in salvation, <laughs> right? It's like, wait a minute, Jesus Christ is in us. But we're still in these human bodies. I mean, I really want the glorified body. I don't want to cry anymore. I don't want to be disappointed anymore. I want to see that mansion. I want to walk on streets of gold, but more than anything, I want to go worship God face to face every day. <laughs> like, can you even imagine? It's going to be so, so good, and I want to be reunited with people that I haven't seen. The Bible is more up to date than tomorrow's news. The Bible's more up to date. We, we have to know our word. You've got to study. Um, okay, so what can we do? We need to stay sober and be alert. 
The Bible says this over and over and over. Be alert and be sober. And I want to tell you something. This season of COVID was a litmus, litmus test. Do you know what a litmus test is? It's when a challenge or something you go through, it will tell you what's really going on. <laughs> this season, we were able to really see what was in our hearts. Um, in school, I hated in school when we took a test and they said, okay, pass your test to the neighbor and let him grade it. Humiliating, especially because I struggled a lot in school, but I didn't want my peer to know if I did good or bad. I say that because this COVID season, we are not grading each other's paper. This is a self-grade test. How did you do? There's no way any of us could tell us how we did. And how dare us think that? But this should be a sobering time to say, okay, how'd I do? Did fear come up? Did judgment come up? Did I walk in love? I mean, all these questions, it was, I feel like this was only a glimpse of what is to come. Did we panic over nothing? Did this become bigger than it should have in our hearts? And I'm being serious. Because what is to come, we will not be ready. And that's okay if you failed. Because God always does retakes. <laughs> like, he will keep giving you retakes till we get an A. And I'm, not, I'm saying for myself, I did not get an A+. I wasn't in fear, but I got a little judgy. Honestly, some things come up in my heart. I didn't think I was a judgy person, but whoo. What came out of my heart in that season, I was like, okay, Lord, let's just deal with this now. This is why the breakthrough conference is going to be amazing. What came up in the last year? Were you in fear? Were you manipulated? Were you controlled? Were you judgy? Right? Did you let all your values go? You know, a lot of people have not returned back to church, not because they're afraid, because they got lukewarm. They got used to not coming to church. They just got into a rut. It's true. It is. The enemy just, you know, is just slowly, slowly. Well, church is not a, that important. You love God. You and God, you don't need anything else. You know, these, these little lies that start luring us away. It starts like that. So self-grade yourself. Don't let anybody grade you. <laughs> We don't even know what's lurking in our hearts, David said. The Holy Spirit will show us. And I use this to time to say, God, upgrade me. Upgrade me. I can do this better. I'm going to do this better. I want to walk in love. I want to have your heart. Okay, so what can we do? Um, oh, my gosh, I forgot to tell you this real quick. How much time do I have? Okay. This is the whole point of this message was a dream that the Lord gave me. I need to share this dream. I had a dream last year, and this is where this message birthed out. But I didn't really feel released to share the dream. So I had two dreams, two nights in a row, very similar in content. Um, the first dream, it was really short, but it was powerful. I knew it was the Lord. I was, um, I was actually at my parents' church. That was the location. And I was super excited. And I run into church and I grabbed somebody and I said, 
did you hear what Trump did for Israel? And the person was all excited. And there was this lady behind me, this this demonic voice came behind and said, I hate Trump. And I turned around and I pointed to her because it was a spirit. And I said, it's not about Trump. It's about Israel. And then the Holy Spirit fell on me and I started shaking. Okay. The second night, I was like, whew, that was a weird dream. The second night. And that's not my personality. I don't point to people. It was a spirit. The second night, almost the same thing. I had ran into church, the same location. And I said, did you hear what Trump did about abortion and life? And I was so excited. And this voice behind me says, I hate Trump. And I turned around and I said, it's not about Trump. It's about life. And the Holy Spirit fell on me and I started trembling. You know, President Trump was quite a distraction for our nation. (laughs) Whether you liked him or not. But I'm telling you, God used him to do great things. There has never been a president in history, will mark this, that was so for God's value system. Some people say he wasn't saved. I don't know. King Cyrus was not saved. And God used him. God can use whoever he wants. I don't care if you like Trump or not because it's not about Trump. It's about God's agenda. And God is saying right now it's about Israel. It's about life. It's about marriage. And God is realigning us to his value system. It's all about Trump. Can we get over it? I'm so thankful for him, but it's about God. And I pray that God raises up another man of God that he can use. But it's about Israel. Okay, now after I said that, turn with me to 1 Peter 5 eight. Hopefully you guys will all be back next week. (laughs) Please, God, he'll Ben. Let Ben come back. He's way better than that crazy wife of his. (laughs) Okay. 1 Peter 5.8. Be careful. Watch out for the attacks of the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. This last year was about a lot of distractions, and we all got distracted. Let's be honest. And when we're distracted, the enemy moves in. And then 1 Thessalonians. 1 and 2 Thessalonians is so much about end times. Paul was with the church of Thessalonica. How do you say that? For three weeks, a majority of his teaching was on end times. So 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm in Colossians. Hold on. First Thessalonians. I'm like, that's not what I want to read. Okay, first lesson Thessalonians five. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna start with verse one. I don't really I really don't need to write to you about how and when this all happens, dear brothers and sisters, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. 
when people are saying all is well, everything's at peace and secure, then disaster will fall upon them suddenly. As a woman's birth pains begin when her child's about to be born, there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things. Dear brothers and sisters, you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Say, I will not be surprised when the day of the Lord comes. We're not in the dark, we're in the light. For you all children of light and day, and you don't belong in darkness and night. So be on your guard not asleep like the others. And if you know somebody that has fallen asleep in the last year, you go wake them up. It's time to be sober. It's time to be alert. And it's time to watch. Things are happening. Stay alert and be sober. Nighttime is the time for sleep and the time when people get drunk. But those who live in the light think clearly, protected by the armor of faith and love, wearing our helmet as the confidence of our salvation. What can we do? We need to be great watchers and be sober. We've got to stay sober and not get distracted in what God is doing. It's not about us. It's about what God is doing. He has a great agenda, and I want to be a part of that. It's good. It's powerful. Um, also, we need to ask the Lord to give us a heart for Israel, and we need to be aware of what's going on in Israel. And I'll be talking more in the next couple of weeks but it's very important that we're not clueless. Now listen, if you're clueless and the Lord comes and you know nothing, you're saved. It's just fun to know, and we don't have to panic. You know, there's a lot of people that are saved, but they're panicking because they don't know the word of the Lord. And so I want to be the ones that know. I want to recognize the day and the season. You know, when Jesus came the first time, many people didn't know. But Simeon and Anna... They were watchers. They prayed. These two people we don't even know about knew and recognized Jesus. I want to have that heart. I want to know. And I, I know Jesse. He's holding back. Jesse's planning He knows something about when Jesus is coming. Not the day or the hour, but he knows something. You could tell in his sermon he was trying to tell us, wake up. And I know that God told me in that dream. Wake up, focus on what I'm doing. Look, I'm doing something. And there's crazy signs and wonders that have happened in the heavens. I'm not going to get into that, but blood moons and all kinds of stuff. It's not crazy. It's real. God uses signs in the sun and the stars and the moon for signs and wonders to show us things. He's speaking. God is speaking loud on what he's doing. And some of us are so distracted, we're missing it. We're trying to build our own kingdom on what God's doing in our own lives. And it's like, come on. We've got to align ourselves to what God is doing. God loves us so much. And I'm telling you, it's good. It's so good. So let's stand. God, we're excited. <laughs> we know you're moving. You're coming back sooner than we think. And we say, we're ready, God. We're ready. I, I thank you, God. I was thinking this morning, there is going to be so many promises fulfilled suddenly because there's not much time. Those things you've been waiting for a long time are about to manifest. 
those things you've been believing for, the greatest ministries and the greatest businesses are going to come out of God's people because God needs the resources, he needs the ministry, he needs the people to get people saved before he comes back. I I just feel like it's going to be this accelerated upgrade of what's happening. And I was thinking this church, like there's so many powerful people. And I'm saying, get ready. Those things that God has promised you, he's going to use you in such a great way. No one's left out of this. God needs every single one of us. It's not about one man. It's not about one church. (laughs) There's so many amazing churches that God is raising up to disciple people for this end times. The world needs us. So God, we say we're excited. We say upgrade, upgrade us, God. Lord, I pray that sober us up in the spirit. Sober us up. Give us eyes to see what you see. Give us ears to hear what you're saying. We are your people and we hear your voice and we're not going to miss it. We're not going to be in the dark about it. We're in the light. We're the salt and the light of the earth. God, I pray, Lord, as we self-grade ourselves in the last year, show us how to improve. What's holding us back? Lord, give us a heart for Israel, your people. God, we call salvation to Israel. Let them know their Savior, their Messiah. Jesus, encounter Israel, encounter the Jews. And what the enemy has tried to do, they've tried to kill, still destroy, annihilate them. Blessing. We speak blessing over Israel, over Jerusalem, over God's people. We know when they come into the kingdom of God, how much more blessing will come on us Gentiles. And in your family, there's no Gentile, there's no Greek or Jew, male or female, but we are all one. We all get the promises of God. But you're good to your word. You're a covenant God. You love covenant, and you will not break your word over Israel. You be with them, God. Show the whole world how big you are through Israel. We thank you, God. There's no greater time to be living in this time than this time. Thank you for choosing us to live in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.